Men, unfortunately, feeling has been associated with weakness and vulnerability, which means I'm weak. And that is such a sad thing. Sorry, but like, let's say we're dating, right? And I mm -hmm. tell you, oh, I come and cry over your shoulder. You're not going to respect me. Th doesn't that make you feel insecure about the man you're with? That Absolutely weak? not. Absolutely not. What women don't want is victimhood. People are not willing to understand you because they want to be understood. So most people live, again, from ego. It's me, me, me. A lot of people are living in a the car is driving but I don't know who's driving I'm just going to destinations I don't like and I'm getting there and I'm like what am I doing here how did I end up here again why am I dating this same person over and over again in different bodies like what is going on how what is life is against me after a big breakup people end up at the gym people who start to change or want to change something about their life the first thing they do is they start with the physical this was probably the best podcast I've ever done welcome back to another episode from TikToks today I've got a special guest Rima Zanon is an entrepreneur and a coach that been about for over 10 years. How are you doing, Rima? I'm good, how are you? I'm happy to be here. If you don't mind telling people a little bit about yourself and what do you do? Um, so I'm an entrepreneur, um, which now is, I think, a term that a lot of people use to uh, express a whole category of things. So what do I do? I'm a businesswoman. I've got chocolate shops in the UAE, uh, factories in France. We do chocolate, fine chocolate, best products. Why didn't you bring us chocolate? I should have. I should have. I'm sorry. I should have brought chocolate. It's true. Joking. Okay. Um, so that's what I, that's my business, obviously. And I love that. And it's a very fun business to be in. I mean, we're selling happiness. Nobody's unhappy eating chocolate. Um, but what I do and what my, I mean, what I'm obsessed with is um, human psyche and development and human uh, consciousness and just raising that. So that's my, uh, my soul's mission. And um, I think that's something that you kind of don't choose, it chooses you at a very young age. And uh, that's always been there in different forms. So it's evolved over time. Obviously it wasn't the same when I was six years old, but um, yeah, that's where my soul rests. That's where my heart is. And that's what I love to do. Fair enough. You know, yeah. usually people eat chocolate when they're feeling down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Sometimes I go buy me an ice cream chocolate just when I'm feeling like I need some love. Well, that's, that's what chocolate does really, because I mean, it's the most decadent food that exists. Right, you've combined um, butter, which is cocoa butter, and cocoa, which is a very potent, magical bean that comes from nature, and it's got this, I mean, it used to be used for, um, as a relaxant, really, in the uh, Mayan and Aztec cultures. And then you add sugar to it, which is, you know, a drug, really. It is a drug. It is it's a drug. It's actually a dangerous a drug. drug. I don't it know is. how sugar is legal still. I know, and we don't call it a drug, but we call other things drugs. I don't know, let's not get into drugs. It's actually but... worse than the proper <laughs> drugs, if you want to know. It me. is, it is, and it's uh, the most, one of the most addictive... Uh, Actually, one of the, you know, uh, we speak a lot about addictions usually, and we mm. speak about sugar or alcohol or drugs or whatever, but um, what humans are mostly addicted to is taste. Right. Taste. Taste is one of those, um, to get somebody to move from what they're used to eating, especially, and, and we build an immunity with taste, which means once I've gotten to like, that's the only kind of food, it has to be that intense in flavor, try and remove salt from them or sugar or whatever, and they literally get depressed. Their brain is not producing the same chemicals. It's like, what that's is going so on? True. I'm in crisis. So, um, and it's usually done in a process. You know, when I was yeah. back at uni, I was so addictive to sugar. Like I used to eat a whole pack of Skittles, like the big one. Yeah. Like in, literally in a couple of hours, but then I was like, no, I stopped. Now I don't consume sugar. I don't have sugar in my house. I don't even drink coffee with sugar, no tea with sugar, nothing with sugar. People sometimes look at me like, you're a weirdo. I'm like, no, you're the weirdo. 
But you know, a lot of cultures around the world, so the indigenous cultures, if we want to learn anything and kind of go back to basics, it's always nice to go to the tribes around the world, etc. and who've never tasted sugar. They don't really know what that is other than natural sugar, so either cane sugar or fructose, which comes from fruit. Exactly. Um, they have adverse like um, reactions to our sugar because it's absolute, it's so potent. But we build a resistance because we kind of build it over time and eat that over time. And right. Yeah. My chocolate's got cane sugar, though. It's got cane sugar, <laughs> so it's good chocolate. <laughs> We'd love to try it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sending you some. I'm going to yeah. send you some. Please do. I'm send you some darker milk. Okay. Dark. Dark. Dark, dark, dark is nice. Yeah. People dark is good for the brain, no? You know what it is? People in the UAE, well, Arabs in general love sweets. Like, yeah. they love really sweet sweets. So, That's dark chocolate. That's why you see... Absolutely, they are bodylicious. But uh, yeah, they are. But that's the thing. But they like they like sweets. So we like to put sugar within sugar, like Arabic sweets, like like honey with sugar with, and it's like mm. more compact, right? Um, so people here do like milk chocolate, white chocolate, as opposed to dark chocolate. I love dark chocolate. And to be fair, because I lived in the UK for half of my life, right? And yeah. then when I see people here in the Middle East or in the Gulf countries, their fun or their the way to escape life is. To, you know, food or shopping. Correct. Right? Whereas Correct. in the West world, it's like maybe alcohol, uh, you know what I mean? Well, that's the thing. Recreation, which is like what I'm doing after work. People in the UK would go to a pub, for example, or yeah. in, in other cultures. Or in France, they go and have a glass of wine, you that's know? That's true. In a bistro, which is pretty much the same thing, just a bit um, more romantic in a way. But um, as well, they don't drink, so they got to go somewhere, right? Mm. They got to go somewhere. So where do they go? We're going to go get sweets together. To and I mall. remember um, I met a Swedish guy here who said to me, it's very strange to see four guys sitting with pastries like Marie Antoinette. And I was like, well, that's Arabs. That's us. That's what we do. They'll go and they'll share it. And they'll be like, try this and try that. And Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, it's a different. Tell me a little bit about your background, your upbringings, because for me, that's a fascinating question because I feel like people don't talk about that enough. Yeah. Like, when was the last time someone asked you about your childhood, your upbringing, right? Not a lot of people, because a lot of people, I think most people, you know what we do as humans, like most people, we are make Are interested in the now. They're interested in the version they make of you. Mm. So, most people come at you, they've had a look at you, and they've decided who you are very quickly. So, it's, it's subconscious, and that's what we do. We're just going to put a judgment, and I know who you are. So then when you tell me other things, it's like, now it's conflicting with the version I've already made in my head. So though no people are more interested in themselves than actually getting to know you. So my upbringing, I was born here. I was born in the UAE, in Abu Dhabi, Corniche Hospital, which uh, all the kids at the time were born there, so we we're all born there, <laughs> so we all know each other that way. Um, so I was born there um, at a time that was very much simpler. Uh, my dad's came here uh, late 70s. Wow. Yeah, Literally so before... There was nothing. There's nothing there was here. nothing. Yeah. It was a desert. And, you know, he, he was living in Algeria, so he was Al he's Algerian. Um, he was living in Algeria, went to France to study Polytechnique, and then um, came to work in uh, oil. So that was the only industry at the time, right? So everybody... I remember at school, we, were, we all had the same dad. It was all the oil dads. So we all had the same dad, which was fun. So we kind of related with each other very much. And it was a much simpler life. Like we didn't have malls. I remember growing up, we didn't have malls. Uh, we'd look forward to the winter summer trips to like go shopping because that's when we, and we would get stuff for other people because there, there wasn't much uh, there. So in a lifetime, and I can't say a lifetime, in just, I don't know, 30 years, I have seen, I've, I've been blessed enough to see this crazy transformation that is the UAE. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it's fascinating. It's incredible. It's, it's just incredible. 
all credit goes to the leadership here. A hundred million percent. I mean, there's, you know, we speak a lot about the safety in the UAE, mm. but we speak about physical safety, right? So we say, um, you can walk here alone, especially as a woman as well. You can walk in the streets at night and nobody's going to come next to you. And that's very, very true. I've lived here my whole life. House is open. All the gates are open. Cars are open. Nobody, nobody's going to come that's and do true. anything. But we don't, off, we don't speak enough, I think, about the um, mental safety that we have here. And what I mean by that is um, we truly, truly trust the leadership. And, and the UAE was formed um, like a family. And I think that's incredible. Yeah. Um, it's the same formula as a really tight-knit family. I mean, Sheikh Zayed, uh, may rest in peace, we call him Baba Zayed. Like we grew up calling him Baba Zayed. So here there's my dad and there's Baba Zayed, mm. you know. And Baba Zayed, and we're all the children of Sheikh Zayed, and that's how we believed, to be, believed it to be. So we all grew up with this, like, we all look out for each other, and we're all in the same team. And whatever Baba Zayed says to do, we do. <laughs> if he says jump, we jump, you know. If he says this that's is so what true. we do. Like, and no one questioned the leadership here. Correct, as ever. In comparison, like, with the UK, for example, or America. Correct. Correct, and I think the reason for that is um, the values, and that's undeniable. Mm. So when, when you really truly see that an individual has incredible values that you can trust, that they're not in it for themselves, but they're really here to serve, that's it, your guard is down. So now you're like, okay, so you care about me and you are serving us here as a people, all of us, it doesn't matter who. And there's no homeless, but the, the system and how they brought it up is in that way, which is we love you, but love means you got to add value too. Mm. We're working hard for you. You got to work hard for us as well. Absolutely. And that's a fantastic deal. That's yeah. the only deal. Otherwise, it wouldn't be fair and it wouldn't make sense, right? So it's like you come here, our arms are open to you. But what are you adding? What are you doing to this incredible project that we have to grow this country, right? Like, are you going to take part and be a piece in it? If you're not, you're just coming to like hang out. No, because we're working hard here. And that makes sense. That, that's, that's like how every family should run or companies, in my opinion. It's the same thing. It's like, what are you bringing to the table here? That's you true. Know? And then we'll take care of you if you take care of us. So, and that allows the people, because the leadership is so great and they do such a fantastic job as well, it allows us, the people here, to not have to deal with anything that's got to do with politics, whatever. We don't, we don't even know what politics is. Like, I grew up, I didn't know politics. My dad likes politics, so he would watch, like, the politics around <laughs> the country, the world. But that's that generation, right? Yeah. That's the generation of, um, you know, let's always watch what's going on in the world because what's it might happening? affect us. Yeah, it's a different generation. <laughs> that's true, It's true. a different generation. We, uh, we look at the world a little bit differently, and I say we, I don't think it's everybody. Different lenses. Different lenses, absolutely. Mm. Um, I think that generation, but it, it, it was a generation of what I want to say, like factory workers. And what I mean by factory workers is they, that generation, there was a pride in being in a company for like 20 years or That's 40 so years. True. Everybody would get a badge. You know, it's like yeah. 30 years that guy's been here. You know, loyalty in that way, staying mm. in. So loyalty has changed for now. Now it's like, are you loyal to your values? Are you loyal to your mission, to your personal mission? And back then it was more, are you loyal to this organization, right? Uh, schools were very much um, making sure that the students all were the same as opposed to uh, celebrating individuality at the time. So they were pretty much preparing what we call factory and workers. teachers were more free in a way to tell students off. 
Correct. Now they can't. Correct. And you had to do what everybody else did. So you had to be like everybody else. If you want to do something a little bit different, that didn't, that didn't really sit well. Mm. It's like everybody's got the uniform and everybody's the same and everybody's answering the same questions. And um, what we valued at the time, like memorizing stuff. Memorizing. You know, memorizing yeah. stuff. That That's what my crazy. mom always said me. Memorize. Yeah. The better you memorize, yeah. the better grades you get. It was like memorize stuff and you know just go and just throw that back on a paper and whoever memorized the best is fantastic when now it's like it's completely obsolete memorizing yeah. stuff is but obsolete you know because you got a phone what we're missing is like when they were telling us to do certain things we weren't yeah. told what's the reason behind it yeah critical thinking like yeah exactly like for example the morning exercises right i don't know if you were doing it yeah. in school like yeah. i don't know what we were doing it yeah. and like students were being lazy no one would wanted to do yeah. it but now as i'm getting older okay exercising is essential you've got to get yeah. it done every day in your Correct. life so you can function better Correct. focus better and it helps you be a more positive person all around for me, it was unless you explain to me why I need to follow all these rules, etc., etc., and just the whole obedience thing, which was such a big thing. Obedience was whether it's at home or at school, was a was a value to have to pride yourself on. But what is obedience? Obedience means following blindly what you're told and not questioning it. That goes against human nature. I can't do that. I'm a human being. I question things. I have curiosity. If you're telling me to switch off my why then I'm dying spiritually. Mm. Like I don't, my mind is dead. That's it's a really like, good point you've just you know? mentioned. So I, you know, you can t explain it to me and then I'll tell you if it makes sense to me or not. And we can have a conversation about it. But if you just tell me to do it just because, I'm going to have resentment. Mm. And everybody build all that kind of resentment inside of them. And they're like, I know what he understands me. And then they're kind of disconnected from everybody. You know, finding the why or the answer to the why, I think is the reason why people get motivated. Like the other day I had a workshop with my team in London. And I was like, you've got to ask yourself why you want to do this, Correct. why you want to be successful. Yes. Like, do you want to make your family proud or do you want to be rich? Or what, what's, 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 what's your why? You? What's your why? And yeah. once you find your why, that's your motivation. That's where you start from. But if yeah. you haven't got the why, Correct. you're clueless, really. Correct. But that's the thing, because you, you, you're not understanding what's driving you. Mm. And a lot of people are not understanding what's driving them. So that's where self-awareness comes in. And right? that's what takes me to my next question. What's driving you? <laughs> what's driving me? Mm. Um, so I, it, um, I try to stay away from motivation as much as possible. So what I mean by motivation is, motivation is motives, right? So it's like I have motives that are getting me there. So I'm, I'm doing this because I want this. That's what a motive is, right? So I'm gonna be going to the gym because I want this body. That is what motive is. So there's a destination in mind. For me, um, I've done that a lot in my life in my, in, and it's, I haven't found it to be as uh, fulfilling and it doesn't align, I, I don't find it's, to be the best way to go about life but to find most more what inspires you so inspiration is different when you're more inspired it's there's something inside of you that's telling you to go that way and as you go on the way you are feeling fulfilled it doesn't matter where you end up because you don't know where you're ending up so there's no goal that i'm putting in mind but i'm saying every day this is what i need to be doing this is what i need to be feeling this is how i want to conduct myself and wherever that leads me will be the place where I'm supposed to be. So inspiration is kind of a driving force that goes that way as opposed to motivation, which is a pulling force. It's a bit, it's a little bit different. What, what about applying a little bit of motivation plus inspiration, plus discipline, plus consistency, plus commitment equals great results, right? I, yeah, I think that's why people are exhausted. They're like, I, that's a lot. I don't know where to go. So um, I think 
and, and I understand what you're saying, and there's a, there's a good point there, and I get it. But I think what's happening nowadays is we have so much access to so much information because we're online and we're listening to people from around the world yeah, but on a daily basis. We've got so much access to information, but they're not really the reliable information. Like you see all these motivational Correct. speakers, right? Correct. They Correct. The way they make it sound is like you fail once, twice, and then you succeed. No. No, absolutely like I've not. I've failed in my life millions of times, a, a right? Times. And I still fail and ex expect to fail in life this absolutely. year at some point, right? It's normal. But it's just like sometimes when you fail and fail and fail and fail and your yes. back is against the wall and you've got nowhere yes. to go but forward. Yes. That's what makes it hard and it's all about that motive inside your heart and yes but I, I call so. it inspiration mm. I call it inspiration so um, some of the greatest people in the world that have come and walked this earth and have done things and have been able to um, surpass all their their emotional being so the emotional body that we have that really drives us because we say we're human beings but what does that mean we're feeling beings because our feelings are literally what direct us this way that way make us choose things step away from stay away from for the longest times and feelings come from our thoughts right so I, inspiration means it doesn't matter so now i'm speaking about people like nelson mandela I'm speaking about people like Gandhi. I'm saying they didn't have motives. They have inspiration. Mm. Inspiration is I know what I feel right now is my purpose to do. And there is nothing that's stopping me. I'm going to walk that path. Will I be able to achieve it or not? Doesn't matter. But I'm starting a path. Yeah. I'm starting a path. But that, and I think that makes it sound more to me like obsession. Yes, but that's where inspiration is. Mm. So when you're inspired, you fall onto your purpose and then you're obsessed. So I always say, a lot of people say, you know, um, I don't know who I am or I'm trying to figure out who I am. And um, my answer to that is usually, you know, don't focus so much on who you are because that doesn't matter. Okay, so who you were born and who you've become and the identity you've built and then the identity that's evolved and it's this alive thing and it's a version of you that you know that's going to continue evolving because you're becoming as you walk this earth, right? For, don't forget that because that will put you into boxes and that will always make you decide, oh, I don't do this because that's not who I am. I do this because that's not who I am. Just figure out why you are. So what are you here to do? Your purpose. Correct. Why am I here? What is the value that I'm here to deliver? I've come here and I've, gone, I've come here butt naked, you know, and I'm going to leave butt naked with nothing with me. But what have I come here to leave behind? And if you can figure that out, what is the value that I'm coming to deliver? And it's very unique to every single person. Every single person has that one single value they've, they've come to Absolutely. deliver. And that is, once you do that, the who I am goes away. But guess what goes away with it as well? The ego, mm. the fears. The That's limiting true. beliefs, all of that, because I'm no longer a person. I am a vessel. Mm. I am a vessel of delivery. I am a vessel to a message. I am a vessel to a value, to something that I've come here to deliver. And then when I'm done, I'm leaving and I'm leaving happily because That's I've left so that true. behind. And when you do that, you know, a lot of people, I helped a lot of people with um, public speaking. So it's like I get nervous and I can do that in front of my friends. But as soon as I get on stage and these people are looking at me, it's like blank. And that's because you're thinking about you and you're thinking about how will I look correct yeah. am I looking this way am I gonna sound this way and and the mind has this incredible way of bringing forward all your failed experiences and fears it's very creative it's very creative it's gonna bring all those things that you're mortified of at that moment and then you freeze and you go into that uh, you know moment but if you look at yourself as a vessel I'm not there there's a message that needs to come through me I'm not there. It's not about me. See, Gandhi, Gandhi is incredible. 
Nobody cares about Gandhi. It's not like he, he was this, you know, monument of a hero, gorgeous. It doesn't matter what he looked like. It doesn't matter what he was. It doesn't matter. He was this really tiny little skinny man, <laughs> right? But his power was so giant. His message, his work was so giant that he became this giant, right? So, and, and that's just one example of so many. And yeah. you've got Muhammad Ali here, who I love, My love, legend. love. Yes, because look at this man. This is a man who came and said, I'm willing to give up what I want for what for is right people. and my purpose. Yeah. Right. I mean, this man loved and breathed boxing, mm. but then he figured out there was another purpose there for him. That's so true. That was so that that was above that his personal desires and pleasures in life, etc. And that becomes the driving force. And when you understand that, it doesn't matter what comes yeah, in your way. Yeah, there's a famous quote from him. He says, I, don't, I didn't know how I was going to do it, but somehow I knew I had to help my people or something like that. That's inspiration. Yeah. It's, I don't know how. I don't know what. Somehow. I don't know how. I don't know what. I just know what I need to do now. That's so every true. Every now, every now, that as, and these nows, they accumulate into the future. You they know, you've said a good point about finding your purpose. And once you find that, there's no ego because you yeah. realize your purpose is bigger than you. A hundred million percent. Right. But what I just realized recently over the last three, four years, finding your purpose and what you're good at could take time. It's like a hell of a long journey. It is. Like your purpose, like it's like finding a purpose is like a very, very, very long journey. And it could take years and years mm. and years of just searching within your soul what I'm good at. And you could potentially try hundreds of million things till you eventually figure out what you're actually good at. And while you're doing that, you're going to be judged. You're going to be misunderstood. 100%. But who cares? Who cares? Because at the end of the day, you're the master of your own destiny. You're the superstar of your own movie. So you can just make it as whatever you want to make it. Correct. Right? And one thing that helped me figure out my purpose was during the lockdown, COVID 2020. Yes. So I had my business, I had my football league in London. I was working. I was doing lots of things at the time. So I had this breakup with my ex right who was going to be my fiance so i was living that time at COVID classic yeah like i was living in a shared place in london with six other people sharing two toilets it was disgusting uh lost my job lost any source of income where i can just survive yeah i remember i was like literally broke i was just literally yeah. opening the fridge looking for food to steal off my flatmates so i can just eat like even yeah. i was pouring water inside into my milk so i can have enough milk for the next day wow it was that bad but okay i didn't complain like one thing about me like when bad things happen to me i just all right don't panic it's cool it's temporary you just mm -hmm. gotta figure out how you she can does. bounce back be stronger and Correct. people handle breakups differently right some people turn into drugs Correct. They turn into six addicts Correct. alcohol I've, to escape absolutely. right absolutely. and others turn into the best version of themselves ever and like yes. okay you left me i'm gonna show you that i'm the best ever Yes, so that's, that's but, that, but that's the thing. Rock bottom is for people a fantastic opportunity mm. for shift. Right, is. right, but not everybody, is. right? And that's okay because again, everybody's on a is on their own path and their own journey. But um, rock bottom is literally where you find your strength and your power because you are challenged at your core. You know they say rock bottoms teach you things about yourself you've never knew. I agree. Right, and why? Well, I mean, going back to my point about finding my purpose, so I was stuck in this small room. It's like a Pepsi can, right? You know how yes. housing in Europe is small, yes, small, tiny. small houses here, yeah, tiny. So I was stuck in this room, looking at four walls, 
got this legend, of course. Of course. <laughs> I've had this picture for like three, four He's years. Looking at, I always take it with you. me wherever I go. He's, Anyways, yeah. I was just stuck. I'm like, well, I'm good at Like, I can't just like, all right, I lost my job, lost my ex, lost, lost a lot. I didn't have no money and no one could help me because banks were shut down at that time. Yes. It was a really bad situation. So I just keep thinking. I was thinking, 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 well, I'm good at like, what's my purpose? And then I start reflecting all the way to my childhood. Yes. And then, I, I, like, I took this trip back in time. And I just remember when I was about 12 years old, I used to borrow money from my dad, about, like, two, three hundred riyals in Saudi, go to Jeddah, to the old town, buy fireworks as wholesales, go to Medina in Ramadan and sell them in the streets. That's fantastic. So I was just like, all right, you know what? I'm actually good at sales. Like, yes. everyone I meet, sometimes they tell me, oh, you're good at talking, you're good at sales, you're good at this. It's like, you know what? This is actually my purpose. This works actually, God has gifted me. Now, right, let me sit down and figure out how I can make a living out of this. Yes. Scared, and I just kept reading books, and I kept searching and watching lectures and lectures for hours. So I literally, and should, fast forward. Yes. I've got now two companies running this podcast, sitting with beautiful people like yourself. Fantastic. But it's just like that, finding the purpose. And because, you know, most of the time we're busy, we're distracted by family members, whether you're your fiance, with friends and social media, you don't actually sit time, you know, sit yes. down alone by yourself yes. and think to yourself, what well, I'm good at. Like yes. people don't learn about themselves. Like no. the more time you spend alone, Correct. the more things you learn about yourself and figure out. Correct. But it, they don't spend time with themselves because they are a lot of the time avoiding that. So the more distracted the person is. It's always boring. I'm feeling depressed. No. Yes, but, that, but that's the victimhood mindset. Mm. And the victimhood mindset is that mindset of which the world is happening to me, not for me. So the world is happening to me. There's always something happening to me. So the weather is happening to me. My boss is happening to me. My wife, my girlfriend is happening to me. My everything's happening to me. My car is happening to me. Nothing's happening for me. And when you shift just that to life is happening for me, that changes absolutely everything. You become very intentional about your life, which means now whatever comes at me, especially the crap and the shit that I'm going to turn be around because I'm going to look at it as what's the gift in this? This thing that feels so bad, this thing that happened, nothing happens by mistake. Nothing happens by mistake. It is absolutely by design. Mm. We create by design, but you're just creating without knowing. That situation you ended up in with your girlfriend, whatever, whatever, all of that was created by you, by design, but not intentional design. It was by who you were at that time, right? And once, that, once you realize that, what happens is like, now I've understood that about myself. That what happened. How can I turn that around? What is the gold in this? What is the gift in this for me? Because I can turn this into an opportunity. Very beautiful. Well mm -hmm. said. I've got, I don't know if you can see it in the whiteboard. There's this equation. Yes. 10 plus 90 equals 100. Yes. So 10 is your, the environment, what happens to us. Yes. And 90 is how we react to things. Correct. So you add them together, it gives you 100%, which is the outcome. So you're not who, what, you're not what happens to you. 100%. You are how you react to things. Yes. So your reaction is important. I would say respond. Because mm. react, so re reaction is what we're used to doing, right? React, yeah. Reaction is the primal in us. So let's say you say something that offends me and I just go with what I'm usually doing. I, you know, I'll fight you or I'll just leave. That's reaction. And people will say, yeah, well, that's what happens. Because reacting means I've gone to survival mode. And right now I'm not my best self at all. I'm going to regret it 100% later, but it just happened. That's what I did. I fought, I whatever. Responding is, well, response comes from res um, responsibility, which is responsibility, the ability to respond. Now I can take a little pause and say, what's the best way to deal with this? 
What is the best way to deal with this? What I don't hurt, I don't damage, I don't destroy. But I actually turn this into something better, right? Mm. And that little pause there, I mean, there's, there's a lot of wisdom and uh, the monks and the shamans and all the people around the world are very spiritual and live in that world where you can't live 100% in that world and kind of deliver your message. I think, you know, there's a passive, they're a little bit passive in how they deliver their message, but there's a lot of wisdom that comes from that. Everything's about pausing, pause. And every time you pause, suddenly you start looking at, I have more options. Hmm. I can do so many things right now. And it doesn't have to be that knee jerk reaction of like, okay, I didn't like this or whatever, or screw that, you know, and, and, and that changes how we, um, just how we deal with life in general. But then again, it's how intentional are, are you about your life? And a lot of people are not, unfortunately, hmm. a lot of people are living in a, the car is driving, but I don't know who's driving. I'm just going to destinations I don't like, and I'm getting there, and I'm like, what am I doing here? How did I end up here again? Why am I dating this same person over and over again in different bodies? Like, what is going on? How, what is, life is against me. It just is, life hates me, you know? And, and the, I think the biggest, um, there's a lot of limiting beliefs, and everybody's got this set of limiting beliefs depending on their upbringing and um, their circumstances. But the main one is, a lot of people don't believe that change is possible. And we don't talk about that enough. Mm. As a lot of people, because of their upbringing, what is, is. You know, you are who you are, you can't change. If you are this person who just isn't, you know, lucky or believe, you know, I can get, uh, I'm not popular with the girls or with the guys, or I can't be successful, I'll never be successful or whatever. That's who I am and that's who I'll always be. And a lot of cultures actually encourage that, you know. I mean, we're coming from in the 80s with communism and all of that, which is like everybody's the same and everybody's that and nobody goes up, etc. So that main limiting belief that a lot of people have is deep down subconsciously, change is not possible for me. Mm. And you can see people who have faith and try, especially after rock bottom, the first thing they do is they go to the gym. People who start to change or want to change something about their life, the first thing they do is they start with the physical. Why physical? Because if I can change my body, then I could start believing that change is possible internally. Mm. If I can change this thing which is on the outside, which is so much more tangible, so much more something that I can actually measure because I can get on a scale, I can measure my muscles, which is so it's tangible. If I can change that, that I can start changing that change is possible. That belief, that limiting belief can start going away. So if I can change that, maybe I can change my finances. Maybe I can change my love life. Maybe I can change the country I live in. Maybe I can change my, my way of approaching and being with people, presenting myself. So these are the internal things which are so much harder to change, which is personality, etc. Now, physical, there's a formula for it. You eat this, eat this way, you work out this way, you're going to get this kind of result. You know, there's a spectrum, but that's the result you're kind of going to get. So with true. the other stuff, not so much. Now you've got to jump in with faith and courage, do different things. But people start here. And once they crack this one, and a lot of, that's what they'll tell you after a big breakup, people end up at the gyms. Like go to the gym and go speak to people. What are they doing there? A lot of them is like, I lost my job. I, you know, I started, I started working out and taking care of my, they've been driven by something that hurt them, that made them think I need to change. Where do I start? Be a monster. I need to change. Where do I start? Mm. Physical. I need to feel better about myself. I want to be better because I don't want to have whatever happened to me. How do I be better? Start with the physical. I'm going to go to the gym. You know, I'm going to prove to myself that I can change and but I can be better. Don't you think the physical somehow is linked to the mental? 
A million percent, but people don't know that. Like, I mean, they're, they're both are linked together. Like, I've realized one thing as well is like, if I want to like be positive and maintain my well-being and my mental health, I got to focus on three things. My soul, which 100%. is by praying and getting closer to Allah, God. Faith. Right, faith. And then my physical, because if I'm, if I'm in a good shape, and if I'm healthier, Correct. if I can move faster, that helps me feel better about myself, about right? And then my mental health, my mental health by sleeping well, by reading books, by being around the right people. Correct. So they're all connected to each other. So once I get these three things right, then I'm really 100%, good. 100%, but that's what we are. We are we're a spiritual being in a mm. physical body with an intelligence, with you know this intelligence that we have, that usually we allow to work against us for most times and then ruin the rest of it. <laughs> for us because we're not in charge we're not intentional this you know uh, our mind is a tool and it's our most powerful tool the ancient egyptians you know they added the sixth sense to the five senses that we know and they added thought as a sense because thought is literally the most powerful they called it the sixth sense because what are our senses so we have a physical body for a reason so we're a spiritual being right and i think whatever you call it soul energy spirit there is something animating this mitsu there is. Otherwise, you'd be dead. The body is dead. And then we know the, whatever was animating it, the energy was gone. Mm. A soul or whatever. So it's gone. Right? So the spirit that we are in this physical body is because we are on earth, which is a physical world. Right? We have senses. Our senses are to gather data from the world. So I have, I can touch it, I can see it, I can smell it, I can hear it. These are the elements, the tools that we use to gather senses from a physical mm. world. And then it goes through a process and that's where everything gets a bit complex. So the process is the, where we form meaning for things. So whatever I see now, I'll be looking at the same thing as you, but we're going to hold a different meaning for it, depending on our upbringing, depending on our filters, etc., etc. And that is how thoughts are, are formed in our mind. That's why we're, we all are the same sitting in the same room, having a completely different experience. That's right. Because your perspective will be different from everybody else's and is very unique to you. And until you're able to go in there and look at your perspective, um, and what I mean go in there means you need to get out of you and look at you. And look at that process um, with no judgment, with curiosity, which is like, what do I think of that? What is the meaning I hold for this? A lot of people say, how do I identify my, my limiting beliefs if they're subconscious? Like, how do I know what I'm supposed to change or like what's keeping me from whatever? Very easy. Take a piece of paper, take a pen and go like love, money, uh, you know, health and write 10 statements of beliefs under them. Right. Mm. 10 statements. Love is blah, blah, blah. The, the money is and you're going to have there your beliefs about that and if you're you're going to be able to identify why is it that you're not able to you know better your money or your career or your health or your love life or whatever because it's all based on your belief systems and now if your belief systems is negative well guess what love is going to be negative mm. that's just how it's going to be because that's how you think it to be so that's what you're going to see in the world because we don't see with our eyes we see with right right don't Perception. you think it's also about mismanagement because people mismanage everything in life and then they expect to get great things like they mismanage money they mismanage time they mismanage relationships and then like god cannot give you what you can't manage 100%. right so if you're asking for a bigger house or better house and your house is dirty you're not looking after your house Correct. how do you expect to have a better house if you're asking for more money and you're just splashing your money right, left and center, Correct. and you're in debt, 
Correct. Well, nothing can change. You, you can li- you can either live a, a life which is a spiritual life or an egotistic life. Mm. So spiritual life. What is spiritual? A lot of people say I'm very spiritual. I'm very spiritual. What does it mean to be spiritual? It means I'm living from spirit, from source, from the animator of this body, right? And so, and but most people live in ego, and but they have no idea. They literally are clueless to it. Um, and what happens is with ego comes what? Me, me, me. The world is not, I am part of the world. The world is me, I am the world. I am you, you are me, we are the same. And what's animating you is animating me. And I don't want you to lose ever because if you lose, I lose. So we gotta win together. And how do we do things together? Because if you do that and you join the world like that, you cannot fail. It's impossible. But you've gotta understand that. You really have to understand that. And people come into the world and they look at the world as it's me, in this world and this world is here to serve me and the world so, evolves my evolves correct me. correct entitlement mm. entitlement so when you live a spiritual life you're humble you come at everything with humility as i'm absolutely humbled to be in this giant thing and be part of it and be included you know and i want to serve when you come from ego is i'm entitled everything is an object everybody is an object humans are an object to serve me you're either here to validate me to love me to give me a better a promotion why didn't i get a promotion i deserve it i'm entitled to everything and the world feels horrible to me so then i fall into addictions because of my coping mechanisms because i feel bad in myself all the damn time and i don't want to spend time with myself because that's horrible so let me distract more and and it's you know that downward spiral to the abyss or you could be going to the you know upward spiral to uh the kingdom of heaven if you want I love right that. here on earth so rima how did yeah. you start and what challenges you had to overcome when it comes to what business business, like business. or even like ah. public speaking yeah um how did i start well i don't know when i started i can't pinpoint it all i know is that i did so i worked in a in a corporate company for five months i couldn't even make it to the sixth month and i understood that it was not for me and it and a lot of people say you know um i can't work for someone else or whatever for me it wasn't about working for someone else i think i love learning from someone else but i wasn't learning so that was that was the main thing for me is i wasn't learning from someone else and i was just doing the work that i felt was um not bringing any value or helping me expand in any way Mm. right so I always did my own thing um, from when I was youngest. I think the first job I got, I was probably 13. My dad was mortified, like, why are you working? I give you everything, why are you working? You know, and I was like, I love it, I love it. And and he was always like, how do you have so much money? So I was always like, I would work and I would make money and I would always, um, I always had some kind of project going on. Entrepreneur at heart. Yeah, yeah, I always loved that. It was not for the money because my dad was giving me money, obviously he was taking care of us. But um, for me, it was, you know, that was the only value that I understood, like what I'm giving or what I'm doing, somebody's valuing it enough to give me something for it, money or whatever, right? So that was like, okay, so I'm, I'm enjoying that, that I've created something. And that's the key word, created, because that's all I'm about. And somebody thought that whatever I've created was valuable enough for them to pay for it. You know, that's that's a very good point you've just said because the law of the universe, you've got to be like a person of service that mm-hmm. you provide service to others. That's a really legit, helpful service. Correct. And based on that, you get paid. Like when I say a lot of young people complain, oh, there is no money. They even complain and moan about their parents. Mm-hmm. No, you're so weak, right? Just work on yourself, find that skills that you're born with, you're gifted yeah. with, work on it, develop it, and that skills Correct. will pay you over time. 100%. Just search within yourself and be a man of value or a person of value. Yeah, well, you're either a seeker 
And to be a seeker, you need to be humble and you need to know that what I think I know, I don't. Mm. And that if I think I know anything, it is literally 0.00001% of what's there to know. Because what I don't know that I don't know is so giant that I should just zip it right now and absorb as much as possible. And I think that's really the key to go um, about life. I, and f for me, those are the people that I like to meet. It doesn't matter, even when I hire people um, in my shops, etc. I do not care so much about the CV. So I'll have a look because, you know, they've written it and they put on the effort to mm. do it. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, I went through your CV, but let's have a chat because I want to get to, I really want to see if this is a person that loves to learn and expand. What are the values of that person? You know, and mm. that's very important to me. So um, people who are final about who they are, they tell you, I know who I am. Nobody knows who they are. You know, you have a version of you that you're walking around with, but you don't know who you are. Mm. Um, it's like people with, I know who I am. I know what I want to do. I know, I know, I know. When you say a lot of I knows, I'm, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. <laughs> you know, that's what it, how it goes. Because it's like, um, yeah, we're here to learn. And we, our life is literally a glimpse of, it's like a, um, a little wink. Mm. And, it's, you know, we've got to think about it. There's been millions of people that have come on this earth, billions. Our life goes like this. True. It's tiny. You know, there were people that lived, you know, 4,000, 5,000, 10,000 years ago. It's this, that's mm. it. And then it's gone. Life is too Come short. here, learn, as opposed to be stuck in knowing. Because if you know, then you're not learning anything else. Right. That's it. You stopped. Right. You stopped. You just said, you put the brake. You said, I have enough in my brain. And then you're wondering why life is tough. Well, you know, you're not playing <laughs> enough with, with life. You're not letting your imagination play. You're not letting yourself evolve. Yeah. Um, so... I was talking about creating, but um, for me, unless, and, and in this fast world where everybody wants to make money fast, mm. right? So they're driven again, it's validation, proving that I am something, which is a lot what drives a lot of people. Yeah. Um, that doesn't go very far. And it's a very painful journey because it's a journey of competition. It's a journey of I'm never fulfilled. It's a journey of I don't know how to, serve others i don't know how to play with others i don't know how to add value because all i'm focused on and everything that drives at the back of my head is how can i win how can i win how can i win and when you're winning again other people are losing so you're not coming here and joining a collective and saying i'm going to do my part so i always say solve somebody else's problem and you'll open your pocket and you'll find money in it they would have put money in it and that's it so money is the byproduct of you actually adding value and really, that needs to sink in. That really needs to sink in because it's the most important thing. And how do you solve a problem? Create. Because creating is not, doesn't mean I'm going to go create a device or a machine or whatever. You can create it with what you say. People created what they said for years and we still do that. So creating means I am creating a solution. I'm using this tool that I have, which is the memory. Memory is basically data. It's like a computer, it's all the data you have about everything that you have collected over the years in your life, references, right? So I have all this data here, and then I have the imagination. And that is the most beautiful part, that's the playground. That's the powerful part. That's the playground. That is the place where I get to play with the data. I get to magnify, I get to destroy, de deconstruct, reconstruct, augment, diminish, etc. So somebody who's like a designer, for example, 
that's what they do. They're going to use their data. So they're going to be like, oh, I saw this really beautiful statue somewhere. What if I turned it into this and made it purple and made it blue and then we deconstructed it and we made many of them and then we, and that's what they're doing. Just we like use the data. innovation of the telephone, right? Correct. Somebody thought, okay, Correct. this can be wireless, this can be touch screen, this Correct. can be, this can, yeah. It's exactly that. Like so you don't have to in, in, reinvent the wheel again. Correct. But find ways how like to make it better, Correct. faster. Correct. But that's what creating is. So creating is you're coming with it's memory meets imagination right here in the middle and you shoot with something. Yeah. You do that, you're creating something. Right. It doesn't mean that everything is going to land the way you want it to land. But you've got to practice that and do so much more of that. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, People are scared to create because, again, judgment. Now, if you're coming from a place of egos, how am I going to look or what are they going to think or my ideas are always not good enough or I'm not good enough, so whatever I can create is not good enough. You get a lot of that trend of people that say, I'm not creative. You know, I'm not creative. It's impossible. You've got the same brain I do. I'm mm. not special. You're not special. We're the same. That's so you know, true. we're just a, we're above a, a chimp, but we're pretty much the same. You can create the same way I can, but the problem is, are you able to allow your imagination to play without judgment? Don't mm. judge it. Let it play. Let it free. Let it go. Let it do what it needs to do, you know, and come up with something and you can put your own judgment on yeah, that. Like, imagination how can I it? How can is it play? the key, you know, because yeah. like before this mic was ever invented, Correct. someone imagined, Correct. oh, I can speak into this thing yes. and it goes to this cable and people can hear my Correct. audio top quality. Correct. That's Correct. so true. So everybody's got to, you know, they're, Again, humans like to put people in categories. So we've got the artists, we've got the engineers, and we've got, we've got, we've got, we've got. But everybody's got that ability within themselves. So everybody's got the archetype of the artist. And everybody's an artist, and everybody's mm. a hero, and everybody's a magician. What is a magician? It's an alchemist. An alchemist is somebody who looks at something and says, I can transform it to this, right? Uh, people who buy companies and transform them into something, they're creating some kind of magic with their imagination. That's what they're doing. They're taking an asset and saying, I can see what you can't see. Uh, the late Sheikh Zayed is a magician. He looked at a d desert and he said, this is going to turn. I know I can see it. You can't see it, but I see it in my head. So, less judgment of self, less self-doubt. Am I good enough? Are my ideas good enough? That is what eats at people's ears. That's the little, you know, monster that eats at a human being, keeping them small. So people are not scared of not being good enough. And I've always believed that. With all the people I've sat with, and I'm speaking about, I, you know, I, I've coached CEOs and top people in big positions, and people are not scared of not being good enough. People are scared of how big they are because there's a potential there. It's like, I know because I live with me, I know that I have this fire inside of me and I know my potential and I know this. And then as soon as I go into certain spaces, I start shrinking or I feel smaller. I feel like maybe I shouldn't be putting myself out there. I shouldn't be taking that risk because it's going to be a failure, etc. Um, the, I had a spiritual uh, leader who said, people are not scared of their darkness, but of how bright their light is, which is true. Yes. It is very, very true because yes. once it's unleashed, once it's unleashed, it's unleashed. And once it's unleashed, you're so you're beaming really bright. So what's going to happen? You're going to blind some people. And what I mean by blind some people, people who are going to be blinded by your light, they want to go. They don't want to be around you. They don't like them. We call them haters. But they're just, they feel small around you. They don't like it. And that's good. That's, you know, what needs to clean itself out, cleans itself out. And the ones that are going to see you as the light that is, they're going to join and say, how can we help? What else can we do? I like this. What can we create here all together? And suddenly you have a community. 
and you have a community of people that are like, I'm inspired. Mm. I want to do this. That's how every movement started around the yeah. world. Every movement. This, guy's, this guy right? as well. Yeah. yeah. I love I love how you love this, this guy. guy as much I love as, him so much. Like, you're the first female I, I've met. I love him so much. He's absolutely incredible. It's his power. And you know what it is? Again, it's not about education that we get outside, but it's about self-education mm. and self-reflection. He's incredibly self-reflective. Like, I love boxing, but like what really inspires me about his life and even like the way he used to talk to his daughters, like teaching them about self-value, like you're a diamond. Don't be like, yes. you know what I mean? Like, and lots of people like these things these days. Yes, yes. I was watching some of your videos, right? And one of the videos that really drew my attention is like, anger is healthy. Yeah, it is. Well, yeah, well now, whew, we're gonna go into, well, <laughs> the poor men have been inflicted with, you know, um, Ang we, we tell a lot of men that you, you know, a lot of men have toxic masculinity, which means they just get angry and they're frustrated and they're too aggressive and too violent, right? And what is anger? Anger is what somebody expresses instead of pain. So it's the expression of a pain that's yeah. not expressed. And that's what it is. So when somebody's angry, you just ask them, you know, what are you afraid of? Or what's the pain behind it? Mm. And suddenly the anger starts whittling behind because they go there and they think about it. We need healthy anger. Everything that our body anything that comes out of our body naturally whether it's emotions uh you know hormones whatever have a function mm. and we can't go into black and white thinking which is like this is bad this is good this is bad again we're putting in categories and it's like yeah but my body's producing that so it can't be all bad what is the positive function of it and it has a positive function just like everything else and the positive function of anger is it gives you an indication of where there's a transgression where there was boundaries that were supposed to be there and they weren't Right? If you didn't have anger, you wouldn't know when somebody's crossing your boundaries. You mean like if I didn't have anger, I wouldn't have hit the gym, I wouldn't have tried to better myself. Correct. Or somebody, or, or somebody, let's say somebody has, you know, um, insults you or says something. If you don't get angry at that moment, at that second, to be able to be assertive. Now, the reaction is not anger. Anger is the emotion. Mm. I'm not saying angry reaction. I'm saying anger is the emotion. You've got to own it and say, right now I'm angry. And I don't accept that. And that's not okay with me. So I'd prefer you don't do this again. Because otherwise we're not going to have a relationship. Or we're not going to be able to relate with one another. Or go forward the way I'd like to with you. And that's it. So now responding to the anger is a choice. How are you going to respond? Either you're going to go into reactiveness. Which is, you know, fight, flight, freeze, uh, fawn, whatever you do. Or you're going to really feel your anger. And say, I'm angry right now. What made me angry? What's behind this anger? I didn't like that, which means I have a boundary there, or one of my values were crossed, and I've got to I've got to establish that with assertiveness, which means I'm going to let the other person you just crossed into a territory that I'm not comfortable with. So you got to go back there. So every emotion we have has got to be owned, every one of them, and be felt. Women are um, encouraged since childhood. It's like tell me how you feel, and we go and we speak for hours about how we feel, and sometimes mm. too much. And men, unfortunately, feeling has been associated with weakness and vulnerability, yeah, which means is. I'm weak. And that is such a sad thing. Such a sad thing. Sorry, but like, let's say we're dating, right? And I mm -hmm. tell you, oh, I come and cry over your shoulder. You're not going to respect me. I'm going to beyond respect you because what is more powerful? No, but th doesn't that make you feel insecure about the man you're with? That Absolutely weak? not. Absolutely not. So I'll tell you what, what women have a problem with. And I hate putting groups as like all women have a problem with, but they don't. But what happens is um, what women don't want is victimhood. Victimhood means yeah. I keep crying. I do nothing about it. Mm. Right. But what vulnerability is a sign of power. And that's sexy. 
because you're owning your tears, you're owning your emotions, you're owning that you're human and you have downs and you have ups. So if you come and you're feeling really down and really crappy and you've had a bad day and you're feeling weak and you said, I was really insecure, I wasn't my best self there and I don't like it, I wanted to respond this way and I didn't. You are now showing me that you're able to say that. I was jealous. Which person is more powerful? The person that is able to sit in front of you and say, I, I am jealous right now, I'm feeling jealousy, or someone who's going to pretend they don't because they're ashamed of expressing that they're jealous. But you know what, like for me, like I go through so many bad moments in my life and I just never share it with anyone. Yeah. Because A, I believe no one really truly cares about you or how you really feel even when you celebrate something or even when you have so much joy in your heart. No one really feels that joy in your heart. Even when you go through so much pain, no one really cares, right? And for me, it's just been like that. And I have I've had friends in my life who are like, they just talk, talk about everything that's going on in their life. Mm. But as soon as I start sharing or opening up, they don't actually listen. Yeah. They think listening is just sitting down and doing what we're doing right Correct. now, right? Correct. But it's, it's different. But that's not. It's so people, people are not willing to understand you because they want to be understood. So most people live, again, from ego. It's me, me, me. Mm. So, I want, so you'll tell them a story and they're going to tell you a, a similar story that happened to them. Because their brain goes, when you're operating from ego all the time, that, whatever you said, that story is going to relate to another story of theirs. It's like, let me tell you about my story and my experience. So maybe you can, so I can talk yeah, about but, me. You know what, like talking to someone, oh, I've been to the beach and I flipped over. Oh yeah, that happened to me as well. Correct. No, listen to Correct. me. We're not Correct. competing in, with each other, telling Correct. each other whose story is harder. Just listen to me. Yeah. But you, you know, um, the, the way I want to look at it is that, and that's truly what I believe. Humans are not bad inherently at all. We're all the same and we're all good. They're just blind. They're just blind. They have no idea they're doing it. They have no idea they're living from a place of ego. They have no idea that that's what's happening. So intentionally inside, humans are good and want to do good. They just don't know any better. Mm. And their idea of relating is that, is that's all I know, is to be me, to look at me, to think about me, for you to talk to me about me. I want to be understood, but I'm not going to be willing to understand you. I'm not going to be willing to listen to you, not because it's a choice that I'm making. It's just how I operate, and it's a system and a program that just does this thing. It's, I'm not intentional about saying to myself, am I a good listener? What is it to be a good listener? Good listener. Comprehend. Okay, so it means I'm selfless. It's not about me. So right now, I'm just a vessel for this person to offload and for it to land here and for them to feel like it's been held. Whatever they've offloaded on me, it's been held with arms and warmth and it's a safe space for them to speak to me. And they can come to me and speak to me about anything. And I'm going to be there for them. And it's not about me right now, right? Um, but not everybody's able to do that. And I think in relationships or in a romantic relationship, that's a massive one. You know, it's like both of them trying to, it's, it's usually two people coming at each other saying, I'm trying to love myself through you. So basically, I'm going to talk to you about me, but I'm not really there to yeah. listen to you about you. You know, I want you to tell me how amazing I am, and I'm not even going to hold myself accountable for, I don't know if, when was the last time I made you feel great about yourself because I'm too busy trying to feel great about me. Um, so, and, and, and again, it's not intentional. People are good. They're doing their best with what they know and what they have. That's, That's all so they true. know and that they have. So our job as humans is to elevate our own consciousness and then to invite others to do the same for themselves, to understand. And, and usually it's, it's never through force. Mm. Um, I have a really good quote that I absolutely love that I know you've got lions here and you said <laughs> it's your spirit animal, which I love. Um, and it says, it was from a mentor of mine, really old guy. And he said, um, see the thing we might, you gotta, you gotta try and identify who you're trying to awaken 
is it a sheep or a sleeping lion? And that made a lot of sense to me because I was like, oh, I'm just going to lay back and not have to push anything. Just be you. Lead your life as you. And the people that come close to you or that you encounter, you're going to have to realize, is this person somebody who's really wanting to stay who they are, how they are and live their life the way they are? Because they're not ready. They're not ready. They're not asking for it. They're not curious. They're not fed up of their crap. Not yet. And if you go there too early, prematurely, you don't have the authority to do that in their life. You don't. And if you're awakening a sleeping lion means it's somebody that is literally this close and really wants to do better in their life. They're just clueless. They have no idea. And they're looking for some kind of mentorship. Like, let me see what I can't see. And then you operate as a mirror for them, which means in relation to them, they're going to be able to see their faults mm. and be able to self-correct. But it's not for you to correct. It's like, can you see that? Now you go do something about it. You know what? Like, that's why I love what you do, because I believe in mentorships. Yeah. Right. And importance of proper coaching is vital Absolutely. like i'm into boxing and U mma and ufc and there's this guy called leon he was losing the fight through all the rounds and just literally before the final round his coach comes and i'll show you the clip later and he tells him stop feeling sorry for yourself you yeah. gotta do this and yeah. the guy came final round he just lost all the four rounds before and he knocks the guy out it turns out, of the blue. out of the blue that's why i believe in proper coaching and the right mentorship and well done for what you're our doing. Our body is operated through our mind. It really is. Mm. So our body will do what our mind tells it to do. Um, yeah, I'm there, you know, the, the famous monk who was lit on fire while he was meditating. Um, very famous story. I can't remember his name. I wish I could right now. But um, so he sat there while meditating and they lit him on fire. Um, people who, you know, enemies, whatever that were coming at him. And he sat there and he didn't move or flinch. That is power of the mind. This is what people do, you know, with the ice bath That's or whatever. So true. Your mind conducts your it's body. The, the mind is so powerful. Like even Correct. when I jump into the pool and I see these guys, they touch their toes in the water and it's cold. They don't jump. And I'm like, no, bro, just jump in. Correct. Just one, one go. Correct. Like it's, it's cold water. It's not yeah. boiling water. Yes. Like what's the worst thing can Correct. happen? The mind is so powerful. And once powerful. you start seeing humans and you start seeing how big they actually are, but they don't see that. Mm. And that, that, that's a pain that I had to deal with myself. It's like, I look at someone and I'm like, you have no idea how powerful you are. I know it. I see it. You have no idea. And I can't wait for you to see it, but I can see it, you know, and sometimes just a little bit of encouragement and a little bit of somebody believing in yourself and that in you. And that's what a mentor does. Yeah. A mentor doesn't give you advice and you never give someone advice. You let them find the, the answers for themselves. It's yeah. you, they come to you with, I don't know what to do. You'll figure it out. So what true. could you do? Yeah. I want you to find the answers because you're going to feel your power when you do that. What advice would you give to younger self or younger people who are watching this right now in three words? So if you go back in time 20 years ago or even longer, what advice would you give to yourself in three words? There is no fear. Well, that's four words, bro. There isn't fear. There you go. I've put it into there isn't fear. Um, I think that's... Uh, the biggest limitations of humans is exactly that is most people live in a state of fear fear of everything and they're all just made up in the imagination mm. they exist in imagination and we project them into the world and they stop you from doing everything they stop you from being they stop you from um, doing your job here from finding from your living. purpose from living from being touched by life all the walls we build life. 
Exactly, all the walls we build, etc. And everything that life has to offer, we've got to show up for it. Mm. And to show up for it, you've got to be fearless. That's so true. Correct. Like fearing failure, failure is, is a failure itself, right? Itself, absolutely. Like it, you only fail when you stop or when you yes. quit, right? It's the biggest. It's the biggest teacher. Failure is absolutely fantastic. It's so true. Like thanks to all my failures, like I've been able to learn and adapt my ways to implement them. To be a better person and correct you know perfect this project or whatever Perf i'm doing failure is a step two right yeah. so there's there's no bypassing it so if you're afraid of failure you're afraid of success that's it that's you're so not going to get there failure, because you got to understand you got to go through it it's like saying i want to get to the beach but there's a dense forest well you want the beach you go through a dense forest now what do you need faith that everything's going to be okay no matter what happens because you know you at this extent with what you know and what you have and you'll make the best decisions at every step mm. and nothing bad is gonna happen you pick yourself up and carry on um, people are mostly scared of what it means to fail so when they say failure what is failure is what is it gonna mean how it, as if people are static like if i failed who i am has been destroyed this image that i've portrayed of myself or protected or whatever is going to be destroyed nobody thinks about you as much as you think you do nobody cares they'll look at you for five minutes they'll move on to the next one nobody cares That's about it. you nobody cares really? about you that is the most freeing thing you can know is literally nobody cares about you you're not that important you are not what that important. And the sooner you realize that, yeah. the quicker you go forward yeah. in life. Absolutely yeah. spawn. Yeah. yeah. That's why that's why kids are so happy. They don't give a crap. They that's do whatever so they want they, they do. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They just do what they want. If we lived a little bit more like that and realize that people will think, not think, and that's not in my business, I'm not in their head, I don't care. I'm just gonna do me. I'm just gonna do me and that's it. We've got a tradition in this podcast where the last guest writes a question for the next guest. If you could hold an, an hour meeting with anyone dead or alive, who would you choose and why? Ah, that's a good one. Mm, it is. Actually, when he sent me the question, because usually they get right in the notebook, so when he sent me the question, I was like, this is one of the best questions I've had. Jalal al-Din Rumi, 100%. Rumi. Mm. Rumi. Um, I think he was one of the most enlightened beings I've walked on this earth. Um, he has a quote that says, there's only fear or love. And I think it's the most beautiful quote because whatever level of consciousness you're at, you're going to understand it differently. So um, you either live life from a state of fear, which is ego, or love, spirit. That's it. And um, I think that's, that's been my guiding. That was the biggest light bulb I ever had in my life. And then I ate all his material and read everything is done and followed whatever, you know, I think he's, um, yeah, I would, I would want to sit with him and literally absorb every bit of that spirit and energy that, yeah. That's so let's beautiful. bring him back. When are you bringing him back? I was sitting with him next. <laughs> that's <laughs> very fun. beautiful. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much Rima, for your time. Thank you so and much. And I look forward, uh, hopefully to do a part two with you in the near future, because there's Thank so you. much that we can talk about for hours I and hours. I can't wait. This was probably the best podcast I've ever done. Thank you. I really, really, really enjoyed it. that. You're awesome. Thank, Thank you, you so much.